Hey y'all. It's the Christmas season, and some of my podcasts and Investopods and friends wanted to bring you a Christmas time collaboration. You'll hear stories told by creators from the following podcasts. Deep Dark Secrets, True Crime PI, Extinguished, Crimepedia, Walking the Line, Murder and Mimosas, Crime Over Cocktails, True Crime Authors and Extraordinary People, Your Favorite True Crime Podcast with Gavin Fish, and me, Richie Buck from Santa Maybe a Criminal. I'm going to remind you what I always remind you, but this right here is what we in the biz call a trigger warning. So here goes. This podcast contains talk about criminal activity, including violence and murder. It may include a few cuss words, and it's probably not appropriate for your youngins, so you might want to earmuff them or send them outside to play. Now, before we get started, I want to mention three more things. I know, I know, get to it, Buck, but we Southerners like to talk. First up, any opinions in these stories are solely those of the specific creators presenting the story. Suspects mentioned in these tales are considered innocent unless proven guilty in a court of law, and these are real stories about real people. People who experience unimaginable horror and tragedy. The most important thing we can do to honor the victims and the families of these stories is play an active role in our justice system, remain vigilant in our understanding of our surroundings, and support organizations that work to make sure these stories remain the exception and not the rule. And just so you know, some of these stories are going to be long, some of them are going to be short, but you never know what you're going to get until you tune in. Thanks for listening. Hi there, my name is Gavin Fish. I'm a YouTuber and host of a podcast called Your Favorite True Crime Podcast. Today, I want to tell you about a disturbing case that took place on Christmas Eve 2007. It's known as the Carnation Massacre. Let me set the scene. Carnation, Washington is a small rural community about 25 miles east of Seattle. With a population of about 2,000 people, it's the kind of place where everybody knows everybody, and it just has that small town charm. In fact, the name Carnation is in honor of the Carnation Evaporated Milk Company. I mean, how small town America is that? Okay, so it's 2007, and the Anderson family was gathering together for the Christmas holiday. And I'm not talking just mom and dad and a couple of kids. This was a multi-generational family gathering. Wayne and Judy Anderson, ages 60 and 61, were hosting their children and grandchildren for the holiday. Wayne was an engineer who worked for the Boeing company, and Judy was a postal worker. But she wasn't the one who went postal here. Scott and Erica Anderson were making their way to their parents' house in Carnation. Both 32 years old, Scott was Wayne and Judy's son, Erica his wife. They brought with them their five-year-old daughter, Olivia, and their three-year-old son, Nathan. As Wayne and Judy were preparing for everyone to arrive at Grandpa and Grandma's house in Carnation, two others had gathered at another home on the same property. Michelle Anderson was Wayne and Judy's daughter and Scott's younger sister. She was with her boyfriend, a guy named Joseph McEnroe. Michelle was not looking forward to this family gathering. She was upset 
at her brother because over the years, she said he had borrowed about $40,000 from her and had never repaid her. And according to her, Wayne and Judy had kind of sided with Scott. They weren't helping her to collect the debt and it was getting under her skin. To add insult to injury, Michelle said that her parents demanded that she start paying rent on the mobile home she was living in on her parents' rural property, their incarnation. Michelle and Joseph were sick of it. They hatched a plan that they would collect that debt. They would make everybody pay for that perceived abuse. And that payment would only be acceptable in blood. Quote, I wanted my mom, brother, and dad to die because they abused me over the years, Michelle said. I wasted my life because of these a-holes. It's not fair. End of quote. Michelle and Joseph arrived at her parents' home before Scott and his family got there. Once inside, Joseph distracted Judy, who was wrapping Christmas presents, while Michelle went in to shoot her father. But during the attempt, Michelle's gun jammed. So Joseph killed both Wayne and Judy. After the deed was done, they carefully cleaned up the house and waited for Scott and his family to arrive. Once they did and they were inside, shots began to ring out. First, Michelle fired several shots into her brother, killing him. Then, both Michelle and Joseph shot Erica. Erica, wounded, managed to get to the landline phone at the house, and she called 911. The connection lasted only a few seconds. Dispatchers said they heard what sounded like people arguing at a party. Joseph snatched the phone from Erica, pulled the battery out, smashed it, and then finished her off. He then, at Michelle's request, shot five-year-old Olivia and three-year-old Nathan because they didn't want any witnesses. Michelle also said she didn't want them to be, quote, scarred for life having seen their parents killed, close quote. Now, officers were dispatched to that rural property after the 911 call came in. They got to the property, and finding the main gate locked, they decided not to investigate any further. And the gate really was only locked because of Erica's 911 call. Once she realized that the 911 call had connected, Michelle ran out and locked it just in case police arrived. And it actually worked. Police officers decided not to investigate once they came across the locked gate. Now, all six bodies were found two days later when Judy's coworker and friend went out to the property to see why she hadn't shown up for work. When she discovered the six bodies between ages 61 and three, she called 911. Police came out. They began their investigation. 
while they were on site, Michelle and Joseph showed up. Why they were returning to the scene of the crime, I have no idea. But they were brought in for questioning, eventually admitted to the murders. Even though they had admitted to killing Michelle's mom and dad, her brother, her sister-in-law, and her niece and nephew, both Michelle Anderson and Joseph McEnroe went to trial. They were both found guilty of first-degree murder on all six counts. They were both sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole, though Michelle had hoped for the death penalty. Quote, I think if I kill a bunch of people, I'm not sure I deserve to live. Close quote. Thank you very much for joining me today. Catch me on YouTube where I do deep dives into true crime cases, both known and unknown, almost every week. Just search for my name on YouTube, Gavin Fish, and I hope to see you there. I urge you to listen to all the podcasts that are contributing to this project. Deep Dark Secrets, True Crime P.I., Extinguished, Crimepedia, Walking the Line, Murder and Mimosas, Crime Over Cocktails, True Crime Authors and Extraordinary People, Your Favorite True Crime Podcast with Gavin Fish, and of course, Santa May Be a Criminal. Now, remember, always, 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 be nice.